Hello friends, just Aaron today, coming at you from my kitchen table instead of the shed quarters. Uh, my wife went out of town, and so I'm on baby duty solo. So I'm inside at the kitchen table with the monitor and a bunch of baby clothes, um, freshly laundered. So if you hear a baby crying, that means show's over. I gotta go see why the baby is crying. Um, Sean and Colleen had a call earlier but it was super client-specific, so I didn't record it. So I wanted to get something out there. Um, So I'm going to do just a little bit of, like, Hammerstone history, who who we are, how we got here. Um, Sometimes I'll be listening to podcasts and be like, wait, who are these people? Which one is currently talking? And what products do they make? Um... So, I'm Aaron, the other male voice on the show is Sean, and then the third person is Colleen, Um, so that's always nice to know who is who. Um, So, where where we got started, Um, well, I guess, let's see, how should we do this? Where we got started, or what products we currently have, or what we're currently working on, let's do where we got started. Um, so Sean and I met several years ago at Bacon Biz Conf, which is Amy Hoy and Alex Hillman's, um, I think now dead conference. I think they only did, I think they did two years. Um, but we first met at Bacon Biz Conf in 2012, I think. And we've been internet friends ever since then. Um, and a couple of years ago, Sean and I were talking in Slack and he was like, hey, man, I want to start a widget empire. And I was like, that sounds great. What is a widget empire? Um, and he told me he basically wanted to do, like, drop-in components for hard-to-build features, which is the Hammerstone thesis, and Hammerstone is the name of our company. Um, so he wanted to do drop-in components for hard-to-build features. Um, basically, features that people need but aren't, like the um, aren't the core of your product. So it's something that you kind of have to have, but it doesn't set you apart from anybody else. It's just like, you know, consumers expect that you have it. His idea in the beginning was um, he was going to do a page builder component, like um, maybe like um, WordPress's Gatsby I think they use blocks and stuff um or I don't know what Elementor is but something where like you can build a page out of components um and you could just drop that into your app and then then you have a page builder so like I don't know Transistor would use it to offer website building services for people that host podcasts that kind of thing I told him that sounds great. That sounds super complicated. Um, what if we do this thing that I'm doing, which is this like um, flexible query builder, filter builder, report builder kind of thing. And so I showed it to him. I had it working in an app at work and I showed it to him and I was like, here's what we got. Um, it allows you to, like it allows the developer on the back end to say, Okay, the consumer can choose between um, first name, last name, birth date, start date, anything that, you know, the developer defines, the consumer can then, on the front end, can then use in their filter. 
And then the user can go in and be like, I want first name equals to equal to Aaron and birth date is February 14th, 1989 and filter and find all the people named Aaron born on my birthday. And so I showed him that and he was like, Hey, this looks really great. I could do the front end. You could do the back end. We could sell it as like a integrated component drop in feature. It's like, yeah, that's great. And so at that point it was like, okay, we're in this together, I guess. Um, and so we kind of, I don't remember when this was, it might've been 2018 or 2019. Um, we're like, great, let's do this one together and see what happens. And basically since then, it must've been 2019. It can't have been that long ago. Since then he and I have been working on this one component together. And I know that that sounds insane because it's 2021 now, but there's a good reason mostly. So we started working on this and, oh, by the way, this is specifically excluded from my employment contract with my company. So I specifically delineated filter builder is not, doesn't, is not owned by the company. Um, so don't just take things from your company and sell them. So we were working on this um, query builder, filter builder thing. I was building out the back end. I had it easy because I this was now my third time to do it. I had re-implemented it from scratch. I wrote it from scratch a long time ago, re-implemented it um, at my current job, and then this is the third time now I'm, I've re-implemented it from scratch. So I had it easy. Sean had it a lot harder. Um, there's a ton of like um, recursive nested looping because the users can do basically whatever they want, right? So they can say um, first name is Aaron or Sean and last name is not Francis or Fiorito and and they can just like do as much as they want. So it gets kind of it gets to be kind of like you can get wrapped around the axle pretty easily. So Sean wrote it, rewrote it and wrote it again um, over the course of like a year between, you know, full-time jobs and family and stuff. Um, And the other part that's kind of difficult about it is it's all generative, right? So the developer on the back end can say, here are the conditions. This one's a text condition. This one's a date condition. Um, This one is a Boolean, but it also has nulls. So if it has nulls, you need to let the user choose is unknown. So instead of just true, false, you have to say true, false, or maybe, basically. Um, and so all of those things have to be accounted for and basically like self-generate on the front end, all driven by back-end configuration. Anyway, Sean worked on that for a long time while I was working on um, you know, tuning up the Laravel back-end, writing documentation, all of that kind of stuff. So that product is called refine like um you would refine a list of results it's pretty clever um so that product is called refine we are actively working on it and you know hopefully about to launch it before we have this retreat coming up in october it is a laravel back end with a Vue.js front end the view front end will be open source the laravel back end will be paid right now we're thinking it's going to be a thousand dollars a year for the back end so less than a hundred dollars a month um that product um is where this all got started 
with Sean coming to me and say, I want to do a page builder. I said, I've got something easier. Let's do this. Turns out it's not that easy. Um, that's where we got started while we were working on that. So at the beginning of right now, it's 2021 at the beginning of, I think it was this year. Um, one of our internet friends came to us and said, Hey, I know you're working on refine and it's great. What if you do it for a client that I'm working with right now and the client will pay you to work on it? It's like, yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, here's the sticky wicket though. The client is all Ruby on rails and Hotwire, not Laravel or Vue.js. I was like, Oh, okay. Um, sure. If they want to, you know, if they want to pay us and we get to keep the rails version at the end, which we do, then that's great because we were always going to have a rails version. We just thought, you know, it would take us, we thought we would be able to launch the Laravel one before we wrote the rails one, but who can know these things? So Sean and I talked about it, decided this is an opportunity that's, that's just too good to pass up. Um, but neither of us, I don't know rails at all. And Sean didn't have time to do both the rails back end and the hotwire front end. And so we decided we would just subcontract, um, to get somebody to write the rails version. And, we told the client that and they were like, yeah, of course we don't care. Um, and so we, um, hired Colleen who is the third partner now and the third voice you'll hear on this show. Um, we hired Colleen and we're like, Hey Colleen, we've got this project for you. <laughs> it should be easy. It shouldn't take too long. <laughs> this was like, this had to be, you know, eight months ago or something like, Hey, we've got this project for you. Um, pays well, won't take too long. All you have to do, all you have to do quotes is port this Laravel library, um, over to rails and then you'll be done. Um, turns out it's pretty complicated library, um, that I've spent, you know, five years thinking about. And so to just like, Hey, let's just port it to another language, a different ORM with different features. Turns out that's not quite as straightforward as one might think it is. Maybe you think it's not straightforward at all, in which case, dear listener, you would be correct. Um, so she and Sean have been working on that since, I want to say, like, March or something um, for a long time. And so that kind of left me just, like, hanging out um, because... I had already mostly finished the Laravel side um, and Sean was mostly done with Vue, but not totally. And the thought at the time was, oh, he'll just finish it here and there. Um, looking back, I probably should have just picked it up myself. But we devised this plan where I would be on call for Colleen um, to talk to her about, you know, the wackiness of this project. And then I would go put some dedicated effort into building hype, you know, um, releasing open source projects, that kind of stuff in the Laravel ecosystem so that when the time came, people would know who we are and not just be like, okay, well now we're finished. We should start marketing, like try to start a little bit of marketing ahead of time. So that was the plan, right? So at this point we've got, you know, 
95% of a Laravel view product. We've got Colleen and Sean working at the client. Um, and we've got the plan for me to start building hype in the Laravel world. Also, my wife is pregnant with twins at that point. Um, and so just kind of like everything is happening at once. Um, so that's, I guess, fast forward to May of, of 2021. My wife has twins. They're amazing. I'm biased, but objectively, they're the cutest kids in the world, boy and girl. Um, and I've got, at that point, I've got like six or seven weeks of um, PTO. And so I'm not sleeping very much, but I'm like, I don't really have to work. I can just do whatever I want when the kids are asleep. And so I just start doing stuff. Um, one of the things that I was doing was working on this Laravel documentation for our website. And I was just so frustrated that every um, syntax highlighter got stuff wrong. Like I would be writing just basic, you know, PHP 8 stuff and it would be like, mm, yeah, I don't understand that. I'm just going to pick a random color. And I was so frustrated um, because like when your whole product is, when your whole product is the code, you kind of want it to look good, right? If I was, you know, selling something else and the code was tangential or tertiary, I'd be like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. The product, the product is something else, you know, but in our case, the product is the code. And so it's kind of important to me, um, that we put our best foot forward and it looks good. Um, so I was getting super frustrated and I found, I found this syntax highlighter called Shiki and it uses the, the VS code parser, uh, tokenizer. I was like, man, this is great. This is a massive pain to set up, though, because you have to, like, run a node process. Um, and you can't do it, like, it has to be a node. So if you're using a Laravel project, like, how do you do that on every request? Or then do you introduce some sort of build step to your Laravel project? That seems wacky. Okay, kids are still asleep. Um, so I, you know, I hacked my way around it and was like, this is really stupid. But I got good syntax highlighting on our documentation. And then I thought, this is like, this is really frustrating. Other people must have this problem. And so I took Shiki and used it as my tokenizer to like, it does the, it does the part that turns it into like, you know, this is um, a variable, this is a keyword, this is a function, whatever. So it takes the user's code and does that. And then I wrote a renderer. Um, I wrote a renderer on top of Shiki that handles all, like, the annotations and stuff. So you can say, like, highlight this line, focus on this line, this is a git add, this is a git remove. So I wrote this massive um, renderer on top of it. And then put it on, like, started putting it on um, a Lambda, like a AWS Lambda function, so I could call it just whenever I wanted. And so you can see where this is going. Um, I took that and was like, this could be a service. Like, other people, 
are really frustrated by this too, right? It's not just me. And so I had this adorable idea. Um, I'll have to find the tweet. I think it was in March, maybe. That seems early, doesn't it? I had this adorable idea that I would uh, build a SAS in a day. Um, and here we are in September, and I'm still working on it. Um, so I put my, you know, I put my renderer and everything on, ended up moving it to Vercel cause it was just way easier to, to manage. Um, ended up moving torchlight is what it is now. Ended up moving that to Vercel. And so then a new service was born, a new product. We've got torchlight. So torchlight is a VS code compatible syntax highlighter that also handles focusing, um, highlighting, uh, like actual um, line highlighting, um, get add and remove, collapsing of irrelevant code blocks, um, you know, dozens of VS Code themes, all that kind of stuff. There's a baby. Sometimes they do this thing where they're fast asleep and they scream and then they fall right back asleep. I think that's what's happening here. Um, so now we've got Refine, the Laravel product, and Torchlight, the syntax highlighter, right? And I mentioned in there um, that I had originally put it on Lambda, but found it too difficult like to use. And so when the babies came and I had all this free time, I was like, <laughs> free time. Um, I was like, what should I work on? And that's when I wrote um, Sidecar, which is... Um, a Laravel package. It's a Laravel package to manage, deploy, and execute um, AWS Lambdas from your Laravel application. So there's no API gateway. There's no HTTP um, accessibility at all. Everything has to come through your Laravel application. So I wrote this because um, I had had some experience with Lambda I had tried to get Sidecar, nope, I had tried to get Torchlight running on Lambda, super frustrated, thought there's got to be a better way. Um, and then Jonathan Rennick, the um, Inertia guy, was like, was tweeting about getting um, server-side rendering working on Vapor, which is a Laravel serverless application. I was like, hey, you could use Lambdas, you can call them directly, you don't have to have an HCP endpoint. And he's like, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. And so over the course of like a week, I wrote Sidecar as a Laravel package and then put it out there and was like, hey, everybody, I wrote this. I wrote this open source package, wrote all the docs, put them on the Hammerstone website, which was the plan all along to try to get, you know, people to come back to Hammerstone to get them familiar with our name. That's, that's definitely a baby. Okay, I think we're running out of time here. I think the babies are starting to wake up. So I wrote Sidecar, put all the docs on the Hammerstone website, which was the goal, drive people back to Hammerstone, exist in the community, that sort of thing. Turns out Sidecar was a pretty good idea. People really liked it, um, seemed to resonate with a lot of people. People picked it up and started using it for inertia server-side rendering. Some guys using it to like do 3d stuff and he has like 700 consecutive lambdas running on you know one request one um laravel requests and 
So people are doing waggy stuff with it. So I wrote that. Um, people started to like it. Okay. So I wrote that. People started to like it, started to get out there. So sidecar is a thing now. I'm actually speaking at the um, Laravel Worldwide Meetup, I think not this Tuesday, but the following one, I think, um, doing a, a demo of sidecar, going to show off some cool stuff there. Um, so that, you know, that started working. And then I finally got Torchlight to a spot where people could start using it and to my amazement, people just kind of glommed onto it and it just kind of took off. So I wrote these adapters for Laravel, um, Jigsaw, and Common Mark, which is a markdown thing. And the Common Mark one works with the Statomic, which is another um, CMS kind of thing in the Laravel space. So I wrote all of these adapters. And so I was finally like, all right, well, I guess somebody can start using it. It was actually um, Ninja Parade. Um, a guy named Yaz was like, hey, I want to use it. Give me a token. I was like, oh, it's not ready. And he got a token, and I gave him one. He got a token and put it on his website and then was like, hey, everybody, look at this. And then it just kind of was like, hey, I want one. Hey, hook me up. Hey, how do I get this? And, like, that night, Laravel News had installed it on their production website, and I was like, why, what, what is happening? Um, so I was totally taken off guard by that, but it was um, a, an extremely happy surprise, and I owe Yaz a lot for, like, putting it on his website and telling everybody else to do the same. Um, so we've got Refine, which is the Laravel query builder thing. We've got Torchlight, which is syntax highlighting. Um, we've got um god what did i just say sidecar which is just totally open source but is a, a thing that exists in the world and then um we recently bought for six hundred dollars we bought a SaaS called unmark docs um bought it from a guy called um sven i forget his last name um and he had in turn bought it originally from a guy called Miguel who both of these guys are Laravel people and what unmarked docs is is it takes your it like takes markdown documentation from your repo and publishes publishes it you know pretties it up and publishes it as a website and so as I was doing this um it was actually as I was writing the Torchlight docs I thought why is this so freaking hard I just want to write markdown like, I don't want to write the sidebars. I don't want to write the part where when you're scrolling, it, you know, highlights where you are on the page. And like, I don't want to, I don't want to do any of that. I just want to write Markdown and I just want to push it to a repo. And so I thought again, like, why is this so difficult? Like, why is my life so hard relatively? Um, and so I started looking around for solutions. I found unmarked docs. It looked kind of like what I was thinking, um, but was totally unmaintained, clearly. And so I reached out to Sven, and he's like, yeah, I bought it from Miguel. I haven't really done anything with it in a couple of years. It's like, deal. I'll buy it. How much did you buy it for? He actually said, I'll sell it to you for what I bought it for. Um, so we bought it, and that is in process right now so the goal there is 
you um, you write all your docs in Markdown in your repo, and then you can push it, and the docs will show up versioned on either your website as a subdomain, our website as a subdomain, or if you're fancy, we'll have integrations where the docs can show up on your website as a subdirectory. So it can be yourwebsite.com slash docs, which is, you know, probably better for SEO purposes. Um, but that'll be, that'll be a little bit of a tricky integration. Like how do you integrate someone else's, a third party content as a subdirectory on your own site? And I have some ideas there. Um, so that's what unmarked docs is. So it'll take markdown, make it real pretty. Obviously it will add torchlight to the code examples and then it'll give you a beautiful documentation website. Um, and the goal there is just make it as stupidly simple as possible because all of this other stuff is really frustrating and I don't want to do it. That's basically the goal with everything. That's Hammerstone's entire thesis. We'll focus on stuff that's annoying that you have to do that you don't want to do. It doesn't make your product different to have documentation. You have to have documentation. So it's just this thing that you have to do that for some reason we're all okay with it being really frustrating to do. I know that ViewPress exists. I don't want to set up ViewPress. I just don't want to do it. Like, I don't want to take the time to learn ViewPress. I want to be writing my product or working on my SaaS, not reinventing the wheel. I know Nuxt and Next and Nixt and Naxt all exist. I don't want to learn them. I just want something to work. So that's where we're at right now. I'm Aaron. Sean exists. Colleen exists. Um, we've got Refine for Laravel, Refine for Rails. We've got um, Torchlight and Sidecar and Unmarked Docs. All of these threads will come together at some point, and they're all self-reinforcing. If you go on the Hammerstone um, website, you'll see docs, you'll see code blocks, you'll see under those code blocks, um, you know, code highlighting provided by Torchlight, a Hammerstone product. That links you over there. Um, I think on the Torchlight site, you'll see a Hammerstone product that links you back. At some point, um, you'll see, you know, documentation powered by Unmark, something like that. It all, like, it all comes together in the Hammerstone universe. So that's who we are. That's Hammerstone of history. It's 445. I got to prepare some bottles for some babies. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Aaron D. Francis. I don't know Sean's off the top of my head. I think Sean is S. Fiorito. Yep, S. Fiorito, F-I-O-R-I-T-T-O. And Colleen is, for some reason, Leany Burger. I need to ask her about that. L-E-E-N-Y Burger, like hamburger. Who knows? A great question for the next episode. All right, that's all. Baby time. Talk to you later.